Alligator Blood lets down now. Mr. Brightside Williams hasn't moved. Alligator Blood joined by Mr. Brightside who lets rip at the 150. Mr. Brightside three quarters a length. Alligator Blood and comes clear. Mr. Brightside a mile marvel. What a performance. Won it by a length and a half. Alligator. He's one of the great stories, Mr. Brightside. No one really wanted him in New Zealand when he was basically passed in at a ready for run sale. Um, and he was purchased for a small amount of money, around $22,000. And then he performed pretty well at the races. So Lindsay Park liked him. And then since he's arrived at Lindsay Park, he got beat, could you believe it, Bendigo. And it was the only, I was on that day. And then he went on to win three group ones, I think. And he's won an all-star mile. He's done it all. And J.D. Hayes joins us on this Tuesday morning. J.D., good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. How is Brightside? He trialled yesterday at Benalla. Were you happy with that trial? No, really happy, Gareth. We got out of the trial exactly what we wanted. He, um, he's an absolute marvel, the horse, and he just uh, cruises through. And all he wanted to do was make sure his last furlong was the best and he had a nice blow and a nice day out and uh, keep the uh, engine ticking over for two weeks' time when he heads up to Sydney and contests the King Charles. So very pleased the way that he's come out of the trial and the way that he was uh, competed yesterday. I find him one of the most amazing horses in, in training at the moment um, because he just keeps on getting better every time he steps out and doesn't matter what preparation he's had, he, he finds a length or two. What separates him from the rest in your eyes, JD? Um, I'm incredibly biased about this horse. Like We can't be more thankful for him at Lindsay Park for what he's done for us. And um, I just It's nothing special at home. You just can't take credit any credit away from what an amazing animal he is. He's um, got a brilliant mind on him and physically he just kept getting better and better and putting weight on. And um, it was remiss of us to say at the start of this preparation that he'd improved winning a Doncaster and All-Star Mile, but he had definitely maintained and he's brought that autumn form to the spring. And um, he's been quite exciting with the uh, three runs to date and hopefully long mate continue because he's got quite a few uh, big prize money races coming up in the next six weeks. Yeah, and I think he's definitely improved, which is which is astonishing to stay, say, really, after what he's been able to achieve in his previous preparations. But what I've found with him this prep, and I know that data and times aren't everything, but he used to win these big group ones off a, a solid pace. Like, he would be the, the toughest horse at the end of a truly run group one mile. But now when they're sitting up and walking, he's blowing them away with his turn of foot, J.D., yeah, he's um he's incredibly versatile, and he can he can win from the back, he can win from the front, he can win on a hard, uh, fast tempo, he can win on a slow tempo. So that's that's the biggest string to his bow, his versatility, and it gives you great confidence putting a saddle on a horse with that um that tendency and that consistency that he brings to the races. So he um he really is just an amazing animal. You went to the Bet Three Six Five Benella Turf Club yesterday to give him a gallop. Um, gee, and you're based at Yarrowa, so. You're you're the pride of country racing these days. So you must it's it's a it's a treat in this state in Victoria anyway that you get to have the opportunity to gallop at so many wonderful tracks. No, and a, and a really um, big shout out to Benalla Turf Club too. They produced that track in magnificent order, especially with the Cup being on the Friday. Um, it was really good for having official trials uh, the following Monday. It was presented in perfect order, and they went over and above to make sure that we were happy with the surface and um, they really couldn't be more thankful for what they've done. And um, it was an obvious choice for us in the end because it's just 45 minutes down the road and um, you know, Benel has been 
good to us and the Arrival Magpies. We've had the wood over the Benalla Saints the last couple of yes. weeks. The last couple of years, so it's been good. I was about to say that because Benalla is part of your local community. I know you're at your role, but can you help out the poor Benalla Saints? Because when I had a chat to the team there at the Benalla Turf Club the other day, they might have been winning the Country Club of the Year and celebrating like they had won a GV Premiership, but the poor old Benalla Saints, can can you help those poor like can you help the poor Saints out, JD? I think they've still got a premiership hangover from 2014 when they won it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, and your role, you got just knocked out in the semis or the prelim, is that right? Yeah, we kicked two goals eight in the second quarter and we didn't take our opportunities. And at Kyabram, uh, unfortunately, we had one bloke lose his temper and probably hit someone he shouldn't have and got sent off. So we were playing with the man short for 15 minutes and they slammed the door on us there with three quick goals. So uh, I feel like there's an opportunity missed, but you know what? Yep. The sun will come up tomorrow and there's always next year. So you're playing next year and is that poor old bloke out of the punters club then? No, nah, I don't know yet. I, uh, I like he, I Most likely. Ben's even talking about a comeback, but I think he's just too far gone and delusional, but I don't want to sound like that either. So Uh, we'll just judge it day by day. No, like, you know, we can all turn ourselves around, Benny Boy, but geez, he might have to go up that hill at Lindsay Park a few times. In fact, he might have to start pre-season now. Yeah, he should have started three weeks ago if that was the case, if you ask me. So um, who's going to train the horses then if you're playing football in the winter? No, it's always good to have uh, a little... Uh, side hobby yes. to keep us fit because we don't want to be fat horse trainers. But um, no, there's uh, plenty of time for horse training too. And with the three of us, luckily we can do a little bit of a balancing act. But uh, I think Benny's uh, hammies and bodies will give out by the time it comes to uh, June, July, <laughs> especially yeah. when it's cold. He might might go back into re- retirement like most would, old fellas do. Would he have to go through the magoos or do you think that because of his brothers and the stature of his brothers, he'd be straight into the ones? He would definitely have to go to the probably. <laughs> he might. He might have to leave track work early. Hey, um, would he have to get a helicopter from Flemington to play? What about Craig Williams the other day? Geez, you must be slinging him well there with Mr. Brightside winning all of those group ones. He's an ultimate professional, Craig, yeah. and uh, getting stopper there was pretty specky. Um, but <laughs> we we need about 10, 15 Mr. Brightsides <laughs> in the stable if we're going to start getting around in choppers. <laughs> Jeez, I tell you who I love is Barbie's Fox. What a run there in the Epsom. Nah, brilliant run and had absolutely everything go right with the lightweight and um, she really sprinted well off that lightweight and gave us and the owners a, a big thrill running fourth at 50 to one. Um, she really punched above her weight and she's come back to Lindsay Park in really good order. She's handled the trip. Ash outfit the young um, the young girl that was looking after her did a terrific job and I think she's going to run really nicely at Caulfield next week. Yeah. I'm um, just back to Mr. Brightside. So you go to the King Charles and then you've got a few options. There's the Cox Plate, the Champions Mile, and then Hong Kong. Um, do you go to all of those three races after the King Charles or is it still a, a, a wait and see? That's the rough plan. Um, but the horse comes first. So if he shows any inklings that he's had enough or he's not handling his racing, which he's not at all, um, he'll come first. But if he keeps fronting up and um, racing well and he's sound and healthy and bucking his brands off, that looks like the path that could take. And then hopefully overseas um, giving Dad a visit in December. Is it a difficult, difficult one with him? Because we all know he's the best miler in the country. And the Cox Plate, 
um, is over the 2,000 metres. And I guess he hasn't showed his best over the 2,000 metres and he might have had excuses. Um, and then they've got a, a champion's mile worth $3 million and then big money in Hong Kong. Is the Cox Plate definitely locked in or is that the race that you might miss if you think he's had enough? Uh, we'll judge it after the King Charles, but I think I still think 2,000 is very much in his wheelhouse. Um, every time that we've gone to that uh, distance, it's sort of the ball hasn't bounced our way. Um, I'd just like to see him get every opportunity. And the way that he's racing, his racing style, he's been able to negotiate wide barriers. And he's sort of, at this point in time, um, taking bad luck out of the equation. And I really hope that comment doesn't bite me in the bum in two right. weeks' time. But he's... Um, really starting to race really consistently. And I, I'd just like to see him in this vein of form as to whether he's just as dynamic over 2,000 metres. But I am incredibly biased towards all. Yes, that would be exciting, mate. Um, have you got any winners today? I don't know if we're... We've got Flemington on Saturday. Um, any of the the horses that are competing at Mooney Valley Friday night and Flemington Saturday work nicely this morning? Uh, there's a horse called North Channel. Um, yes. He's won couple in a row. I think he's going to be pretty competitive at Mooney Valley on Friday night. And a horse called Mickey O in the 1800 at Flemington, I think is a nice one to keep your eye on. And if he yep. holds together, he could be a potential derby prospect. Beautiful. So Mickey O there in the superimposed stakes. How's our done, done deal, Philly, going? And um, giddy up syndicate. We're excited. We're with the Lindsay Park team. And um, the boys were a little concerned that she was galloping a little bit like Benny Hayes going up that hill. Just, you know, just needed to that, find some that, rhythm. I think we're actually safe there. She's a big girl that's going to grow into her frame. Yes. And uh, she's currently in the paddock putting on more kilos than um, <laughs> you could imagine. So she's doing really well for a time. Even though the spring's a good time to be in, it's also a better time to be in the paddock, Gareth. So yes. that's going to be the making of her, and she'll improve off the back of it. She comes back in the work 1st of November. Oh, we're excited, mate. Um, we, 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 we love your updates. You, you do a sensational job, and... Um... Yeah, we we can't wait. I think everyone here at Giddy Up and SEN Track are just um, they they're, they're ready to jump out of the gates and head to the races. But we have to be patient in this game, as we all know. Now, I was having a chat to your old man a couple of weeks ago. That's David Hayes, of course. He says that you can speak Mandarin. Is that right? That's a little bit of top spin. I can get you a hamburger, but I wouldn't be able to negotiate uh, in business in it. But I um, I can dribble a little bit of. Uh, Mandarin here and there, yes. Okay, so that's why you're probably odds on to get to Hong Kong one day. Would that be a goal in your eyes? Uh, that would certainly be a goal. <laughs> I'd love to uh, potentially get to Hong Kong. It's, um, I think it's really competitive racing up there and you have to build a CV that's worthy of it. So that's what we're constantly working towards. And it's not lost to me that I probably would never have got there if I didn't get the leg up in life um, working for Lindsay Park and coming through the family business. So... It is somewhere a personal goal of mine, but um, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But the CV you have to put together to get to Hong Kong. Still got a few more races to win just yet. Yeah, I think you'll probably be off in the next season or two, I reckon. So don't forget us when we, we get to Hong Kong. And um, don't forget our name, JD. Oh, geez, I hope you're right. Now we've got a done deal for you to win a classic first. Yep, perfect. That's be the right time. Can, before we let you go, can you say get on Mr. Brightside and Mandarin for us? <laughs> no, but I can say, um, if you want a hamburger. Yes, 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 please. I'll have a hamburger with a lot. Good on you, JD. Always great to catch up with you, mate. And, um, yeah, bring on, bring on the King Charles. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> See, I only know a little bit of Indonesia. Indonesian. Mercy McCool up at Kebab Bake Bake, Sajja. Uh, Namaste, Gareth.
I, I used to do it in high school, I think. Um, my Indonesian. So there you go. I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not quite as good as JD, but I oh, is a good kid. And um, yeah, he'll be off to Hong Kong, I reckon, in the next two to three years. 18 minutes past eight. Let's take a break. Mickey Gannon will join us next to preview the Kosciuszko, which is country racing's biggest dance on Everest Day on Saturday week. For Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Live on SEN Track. Giddy Up's Country Racing Hour. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Thanks to FirstLightRacing.com.au. Mickey Gannon joins us on the Bet365 Country Racing Hour to preview the Kosciuszko, which is in just under two weeks' time now. And Opal Ridge is the favourite. The star mare for Scone Trainer Luke Pepper at 350. Far too easy at 450. Front page at six. The Wagga Galloper, Derry Grove. Tim Donnelly will be joining us shortly at $8. Mogo Magic, the pride of Goulburn at $9. The pride of Aubrey Mammoth is at $17. And then we go to... Talabrega at $26 and Bianco Villano at $26. Akasawa at $26. Mickey Gannon, hello to you. This is a race that you would absolutely adore. Good morning, G. Yeah, it's a great race every year and uh, this year will be no different. Plenty of chances here and keen to dissect it. We'll start with the favourite, Opal Ridge. We know she's very good. She's trolled sensationally and like a few of her major dangers, she's heading into this race fresh and first up and ready to go. Yeah, it's always an intriguing one, isn't it? First up, ready to go, 1,200 metres. Um, you know, you'd suggest that the trainers will have them all peaked, ready to, to produce their best. My query with Opal Ridge is, is the 1,200 metres just a fraction short for her? Um, a lot of her best works come over 1,300 metres, 1,400 metres. So big query there for mine, G. Very good in recent trial, though. Um, obviously a bit fresh. I'm not sure $3.50 is, a, is, is probably a great bet, to be honest, mate. It's an interesting one. It's not just the Kosciuszko, but you've got the Everest where most of these horses are first or second up, like a, the favourite or second favourite, I wish I win, is basically first up off six weeks. So a lot of these horses, that they might be probably better over 13, 1,400 metres. I think I wish I win's a better miler than he is a six furlong horse. But these trainers have got the job in front of them to, to keep these gallopers as fresh as they can. So... Opal Ridge is the favourite at 350. What about the pace in the race that might need to – well, she needs a couple of things. She needs a bit of tempo and she needs a, a dry track, you would imagine, as well. Well, you're spot on. And, and look, there'll be plenty of tempo here. Like, Well, we say that, in, but then last year, front page led all the way and probably didn't get as much pressure as we would have thought. And a horse like Far Too Easy was probably the horse that was um, yeah. coming at them late. And if there was enough pressure in front, probably wins. So – I think this year you've got Mogo Magic that will definitely be pouring on some pressure as well. So I think Mogo Magic and front page of the two that will go forward. Um, Mogo Magic, five from five, has some pretty good form lines. Defeated a horse called Smashing Eagle that's been there or thereabouts um, subsequently. So they're the two horses that will go forward. Uh, Mogo Magic, un, you know, sort of plenty of upside there, isn't there, G, being five yeah. from five? And we don't know what his ceiling is. He was scratched there the other day, Mogo Magic. And um, we know that, 
he makes his own luck, which is a major advantage to come the Kosciuszko. He's, he's getting out in the market, which is a concern for mine. He was second or third favourite once upon a time. Now he's closing closing in on double figures, Mogo Magic. He's out to $9 with bet 365. I wonder why the drift is coming for him when the others basically haven't been running. It's it's really odd, isn't it? I think Derry Grove's the horse that has been running and, and has been the one that's shortened the most, clearly. Why has Mogo Magic drifted? Well, I don't reckon the bookies know any more than what we do. No. So it, it's it's a really interesting one. Maybe the price they just put up with two was too short, G. I'm going to suggest yep. that's probably the case there. Um, but as far as on-speed runners go, you know, I've got to work out these weights, but it's it's set weights and penalties. And Mogo Magic's won highways and benchmark 72. So I'd imagine that uh, he'll be getting in reasonably well at the weights around that 50, I'd imagine 57 kilo mark yep. uh, with a horse like front page <clears throat> will be definitely carrying a bit of weight. So will Nemeth uh, for Mitchy beer as well. So be really interesting to see what, what the weights um, end up. But that's, I think that's a big reason why a lot of these horses don't go around because they don't want to be um, penalized which is, you know, it's another um, intrigue, adds more intrigue to the race, doesn't it, Jay? Yeah, and there's a certain criteria as well that you you have to make sure that you come under for a, a Kosciuszko. So it is intriguing watching the build-up to a race like this. Um, far too easy. was second in this race last year, as you just mentioned. They tried to get into a Stradbroke, just missed out. I had a chat to David McComb the other day, and he says that this horse could be winning a, a Stradbroke. He, he reckons he's good enough. So if he thinks he can win a Stradbroke, it'd be mighty hard to beat in a Kosciuszko. But he's a he's another horse that's got his community all fired up and excited in Mewilaba to, to try and win this Kosciuszko. Um, yeah, no, where would you rate him? They should be fired up because yeah. I think he should have won the race last year. I think it was only, it was only lack of um, pressure that beat him. I think he's he'll come out here this year and he'll I think he'll probably blow them away. He's the horse with with the most upside. He's only a five year old. I'm very very bullish on this horse. We're not getting a price yet, but the fact that we won't see him, you're getting four fifty. You know, around that mark in all the markets, I'd suggest we probably get closer to six or seven dollars come uh, race day. And very keen to see him just draw a middle middle gate and he'll become a bet because I, I think he's the best horse in the race, mate. Front page, he's a seven-year-old now by Magnus and he's now trained by Matthew Dale at Goulburn. And uh, he went to a group one Goodwood and he wasn't disgraced on that occasion behind Royal Merchant. You had to see to believe what he actually did in that town plate. I don't know and I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger run in, in it was incredible. country racing. Mammoth got over the top of him, but... He went like far lap that day. Um, a seven kilo weight difference that day as well, G. Yeah, hundred percent. Can he part in that result? Can he like if he gets a low gate, he's always going to be hard to catch, isn't he? Yeah, be out in front making his own luck and look, won the race previously. What can you say? Obviously gonna be weighted um to the top, probably be the top weight in the race, but yeah, look, the, you can see Nemeth and front page sort of went to, went head to head again in the Goodwood. Obviously, Nemeth had um, was given none, sort of just drawing wide gate. But I would say between the two of them, my heart says I definitely want to be with Nemeth. But uh, front page uh, clearly um, the one to be out of those two, and they've continued to clash. And I think they're going to be Nemeth having winning a listed race. They're going to have us uh, the same weight. So. The weight scale won't be in uh, in his favour, in the, in the uh, Aubrey Galloper, Galloper's favour, be very much in the favour of front page. Interesting, though, the horse has now gone to um, Matty 
Matty Dale. Do you know much about that? G? No, I, I don't. Know. That's the first I've ever heard of it. I, I thought, no, I'll have to chase that up. Um, yeah, it was interesting to see that that, that horse has gone to, to Matty Dale. But it's raced in, it's raced in, you know, Group One Newmarket, Group One William Reed, Group One Goodwood. You know, avoiding any possibility of winning a Group Two or a Group Three race along the way here, um, which is pretty smart, obviously, with, with the uh, with the uh, the Kosciuszko being the main target. But I noticed that Duraes are still in the ownership of front page, but it's gone no, to Maggie Payne is a sensation. We love Maggie. So Jeff Duray actually retired. I remember. So Jeff. Re- Jeff Duray, uh, Duray retired and he's, his nephew plays for the, the Bulldogs. And I remember he was in the rooms one day getting interviewed by BT. So thank you, Maggie. So he was a great trainer, but it's always interesting to see a horse that had had been trained by a really good country trainer goes to a different country trainer. Like, um, be inter- and Matty Dale's a star. We all know that. But it'll be yep. interesting to see how front page goes if there's improvement in him. Suggest he's like a Rolls Royce, mate. Just push button and uh, away we go. I, I kind of, I don't know. Would, I'd be very surprised if there's improvement in him because he was low flying, um, but he doesn't need to improve to be competitive here. And if we see a track similar to what we saw um, with the rail and the true and drying conditions, then, you know, the race really does um, start to favor a front page or a Mogo Magic. What about your old favorite Mammoth? What can you tell us about him? Mitchie Beer, He'll have him ready to go, but he's a horse that needs a little bit of luck, I would imagine, in a field like this. Yeah, look, he's flying career best form. There's no doubt about that. I think the $15 quote's spot on. It's just, I think what he needs is he obviously needs to draw a gate for starters, and then secondly, he just needs a bit of pressure on. I think a bit of pressure on, he can sit sort of midfield, um, absorb the pressure. I think that's one thing he will do. He will absorb the pressure, but he needs to be on. And I think that's the uh, that's the slight concern there with only with only two sort of – um, to nominate the leaders here, G. But you just never know. It could, you know, Tabogar, Kimberly Secrets, a couple of those could just pour the pressure on here. Front page is obviously going to be there, and and Opal Ridge. But now you got to now you got to out sprint far too easy. So it gets difficult. Um, need to draw a really good gate. But look, Mitch will have him ready to go, and he'll be thereabouts. He's definitely going better than he was last year. That's and, for sure. And this is Mitch's last chance to try and win a Kosciuszko because he's no longer a country trainer after this year's Kosciuszko. Yeah, off to Kimberley Grange, off to Kimberley Grange, and he's picked up plenty of good horses um, in, in the last few months. Uh, noted, he picked one up there, a suspect from the Waller Yard, um, which is a uh, I'm Invincible Colt, soon to be a gelding in uh, firepower down there from Team Hawks, and he's picking up some nice horses along the way, and he's got some really nice um, juveniles that have come through his system. So I think he's ready to make the move, and uh, this will be his last chance to win the Kosciuszko. And uh, look, let's hope he gets the job done, eh? Um, yeah, I think it'd be great to see Mitchie Beer win a Kosciuszko. So right now, who's your tip? We've got Derry Grove as well. What do you make of that horse's chances that's been just on fire of late? And he's been the horse that's been front and center, really, um, of the punters for the Kosciuszko. Yeah, I think he's been overbet in a sense. of He's won three in a trot, but he's just he's towed up a bunch of nonies, the B-grade sort of average types of highway um, horses. So he's, they've made him look far better than probably what his rating suggested. He's probably one, one or two lengths off, but he sort of falls into that category of, of just needing speed, needing some pace, but the way he's done it has been really impressive. So there's no, there's no reason why he can't continue to improve. Um, but once again, my girl, I think was a horse that he beat came out and got rolled with the dollar 20 favorite yesterday at Muscle Brooks. So by a horse called Iron Hat that would get lapped here. So I'm not 
overly convinced about that form lines doesn't mean that obviously or 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 um Derry Grove can do as Winji. So yep. that's that's he's he's doing that. But I'm not the form lines don't scream um Kosciuszko to me. All right, mate. Um right now who are you backing? Far too easy. He's the horse they want to back. I think he'll get the job done. All right, mate. We'll catch up with you a little later on, but bring on the Kosciuszko. So many wonderful stories. Can't wait. It's going to be huge, and uh, you never know. It could be a little bit of uh, light the Everest. could be a few changes late, but uh, can't wait to uh, until the 14th of October. It's going to be a massive day up here in Sydney, G. No, you never know. I, if I had to be one person for that day, it would be that bloke who owns a share in Mogo Magic that got two um, tickets into the Kosciuszko, and he, he obviously um, was drawn out a couple of times. Now, I think he purchased $15,000 worth of tickets, but got drawn out a couple of times and he was able to um, get Mogo Magic and Opal Ridge. So I want to be on his table. In fact, I want to be yeah. in his taxi when he goes out. Well, if you're good enough to drop $15,000 on Kosciuszko tickets, you deserve a bit of luck. So uh, I hope he has a great day out there. It'd be complete fill up for him, no doubt. Go and get them, go and get them brother. Thanks for that, Mickey. Thanks, G. 8.36, let's take the news. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. For Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Live on SEN Track. Giddy Up's Country Racing Hour. Welcome back to the Bet365 Country Racing Hour here on Giddy Up. And there's so many wonderful country stories heading to Sydney on Saturday night for the Million Dollar Chase. And uh, Greyhound Racing New South Wales, very own Simon Orchard, joins us here on uh, Giddy Up to discuss those stories. G'day to you, Simon. How's things, mate? It's an exciting time of the year. <laughs> Morning, G. Uh, we had a quick chat yesterday, mate, and I've thankfully calmed down after the dual Brisbane losses on the oh, weekend, no. and now I can focus on what is the Greyhound World's, uh, well, I'd say the second biggest night, mate, heading towards the biggest night, October 13. All roads lead to that million-dollar chase final where we'll crown a sixth winner of the race, mate, and still, every time I roll down to a track and someone mentions, how, how good is it we're racing for a million bucks, and there's always a yarn about a trainer who raced for $4 about 25 years ago or yeah. 10 bucks back in the day. And now they just pinch themselves thinking, gee whiz, we've got a shot at a million bucks. It's just great. There's so many terrific stories as well, because you've had the heats around country, New South Wales from all parts of the state from Broken Hill. Um, and then right through the state as you head back up towards Sydney. Um, and then there's trainers that will be competing on Saturday that will be living their dream basically. Yeah, you're spot on, mate. Look, we started at Goulburn back on the 1st of September. So we've been going for over a month now. And if you go back to the National Sprint, that's where our first four qualifiers came from. So they were the Rolls Royces who came through that National Sprint. Sage Tennille, Tinker Norm, Aussie Rocks, and the current favourite postman, Pat. But even looking at Tariji, back on the 6th of uh, September, Nora's boy won the race for Sean Guthrie. Sean Guthrie was a tradie who had to ask his boss to get the day off work. It was his birthday, so he could take the dog to the track to run around in the regional final. And then he wins the thing. And his dog, at the moment, about a $300-to-one $300 shot to win the million-dollar chase, but gets to come down to Wentworth Park. You mentioned Broken Hill, and you've had Bronwyn Welsh on the show. A wonderful story with her. You just have to look at a, a young dog like McKenna and Michelle Carruthers. They took the dog up to Tamora 
it goes within a length of breaking Shiza Pearl's track record at start uh, 11, I think it was. So it's only had about a dozen starts. It's one of the youngest in the field, and it's a current equal favourite with Postman Pat at $7 for the million-dollar chase. It trialled it went here a couple of weeks ago, went 29-3-2, and the punters just flocked towards it. Now, I think the trial times can be a little bit misleading. Of course, they've got to run a time to go 29-3-2, but to run it in race conditions is a totally different story. So a lot of these trials that we've seen over the last week, uh, gee, they've been yeah. emerging from all around the country and running pretty good time, but they're still yet to do it in race conditions at Wentworth Park, and that's when the heat will be on come Friday night. So it's hard really to pick. I was trying to go through the, and you would know a lot better than I, but trying to go through the, the best stories um, for this year's Million Dollar Chase. And I might be a bit biased because I hail from Mildura, but geez, Bronwyn Walsh's story is hard to beat. Um, she's never been to Sydney. In fact, she'll start that journey later this week and she'll take her van with Nanga Rocket, who misses the kick all of the time. And, um, and they'll head to Sydney and they've never been to Wentworth Park. They've never driven in the city. Um, and now they're going to Wentworth Park to compete in a, a semi-final of the Million Dollar Chase. And I tell you what, the market has not disrespected her. Nanga Rocket's $34. And then you go to the other end. Now, Jason Thompson's been there, done that on the biggest stages of all. He's a four-time, or the Thompson family have won the Melbourne Cup four times. And they're looking to win their, I think this will be their first Million Dollar Chase. And Postman Pat, he's some story because he was born, of course. He's bred, um, he, he's... He's bred by Australian greyhounds, but he started off his career or spent some of his career in New Zealand. Yeah, and it's a hell of a yarn as well. I guess going just back to Bromwell's quickly, you put the idea out there, G, that maybe we should throw a camera in, in the yeah, van and yes. just watch them come into town because that in itself <laughs> would be compelling viewing. But I think the best part about this is, and I'm here to meet Bronwyn. I'm just, I've talked to her over the phone a couple of times, but... Um, the yarn that I love most, mate, is the fact that, yeah, she was just in awe of some of these big trainers coming out to Broken Hill. And I guess that's a bit of a knock on the series, G, to start with, which I think we've overcome. A lot of people say that, you know, it's good placement to send your dogs out to maybe some weaker uh, events. You look at the Taree dogs, they're at the bottom end of the market so far. The Broken Hill dogs, of course, Bronnie Welsh um, with Kruger Lass, but then the Delbridge pair are a really good chance. And I think everyone out at Broken Hill spoke glowingly of the fact that they were in awe of these trainers coming out to their patch and to try and take on their dogs on their home turf. And they'd looked forward to this for an entire year since the last million dollar chase. Uh, so, yeah, without a doubt, Bronnie Welsh and Kruger Lass, one of the stories of the chase. But even the top end of town, and I know a lot of people will say, well, these sort of trainers win all the time. But Michelle Sultana, she had litter a little brother and sister win back-to-back races, Maitland and then Bulleye back on the 11th and 12th of September with Isles Entity and Owls Entity. That in itself is a good yarn because Paula Bella trains the dogs down in Victoria, has sent them up to New South Wales to spend some time with Michelle Sultana and, of course, Daryl Thomas, who's good mates with Paul. They do this a bit. They did it with Panadero Warrior, who won the Bulleye Gold Cup. They did it um, with Aston Ulysses, who's probably going to run around one of the favourites in the Masters Meteor during the Million Dollar Chase Carnival. But for Isles Entity and Owls Entity to come out and win back-to-back races on back-to-back days. I spoke to Michelle after the Bulleye race on a Tuesday, and she just said, I'm knackered. We've been up at 6 a.m. trying to get every other dog ready. We've had to drive to Maitland, get the dogs to Bulleye. You hope that they run well. They're young dogs. They targeted the races a long way out. Not only that, they targeted the specific tracks that they wanted these dogs to go to. So some people will say, well, of course they're going to win. They've got the best dogs in their kennel, but there's so much hard work. Mm that goes into producing a million-dollar dog. And that's the reason why, when you look at the winners, Peter Gaggioni's won two, 
Um, God love him. Two million dollar chases. Frankie Hurst has won one. Andy Lord, of course, with She's a Pearl, and then the Purcell Camp with McInerney, the first and only dog G outside yeah. of New South Wales, which is important to win the million dollar chase. So yeah, you look through the all-in market at the moment. Postman Pat and McKenna joint favourites at seven bucks. Sage to Neil at about eight dollars. None of whom have raced at Wentworth Park. Then you go to Mortified, the best of the New South Wales chances, who I think is just flying under the radar a little bit. She's proven okay. at Wentworth Park. Chris O'Brien is a star, uh, or has been a star for the last couple of years, in particular with this litter. He's got Quantifiable, the litter sister, through as well. And then you go maybe to a zipping Caleb, who emerged through the Zoom Top Maiden a couple of months ago. We saw last year, G, that Zipping Orlando won the yep. Zoom Top Maiden. And we've seen what he's been able to achieve in the last year or so. He's gone on to win about $800,000 in prize money. Zipping Caleb potentially following the same footsteps for the same camp uh, yeah. and ran an absolute bottler in the city qualifiers of 29.56. So everywhere you look, mate, there is a story. And that's what we love about this great game. Yeah, I think they've got it right. I'm, I'm running out of time. I've got to go to a break. But I think they've got it right, Greyhound Racing New South Wales, because Paul Abello is a tight ass. I know that for a fact. So for him to send his dogs away... Um, Geez, he must be getting a good deal. There's no doubt about that. So, But what that does is it makes New South Wales Greyhounds front and centre, the, the trainers, I should say, because the way that the series is set up, it's difficult for the interstate trainers to be up and down from New South Wales or, or down or down and up. So, um, yeah, I think that they've got it right. And Greyhounds like Sage Tennille, who's from WA, if she's a national champ, she gets a, an easier ride into the – to the semi-finals, which is the way it should be because Greyhound should be rewarded for winning a, a race series like the Nationals. And they tell me she trialled nicely. It's not at it Wentworth Park. That's not bad for a Greyhound that was born in New South Wales, put on a Greyhound website, and Cody Charles said, you can have her for free. I, You can have her. Like, you don't have to pay anything for her. You can have her. No one wanted her, so he took her back home, and now she's a national champ, and she could be a champ of the Million Dollar Chase. Now, that would be some story, mate. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for your time, Simon, and looking forward to continuing the build-up to the semifinals of the Million Dollar Chase. Love it, mate. Thedogs.com.au, live coverage this Friday, and then again October 13 as we head towards a Million Dollar winner. Thanks, mate. Bring it on there, Simon Orchard from Greyhound Racing, New South Wales. Let's take a break.